Oh. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, it went. It, it was like scratchy for some oh, reason. That's weird. All right, this is the part where we banter back and forth while the theme song plays so the audio can catch up. Happy, happy belated oh. day. Oh, thank you very much. This was Monday. Mine was also on a Monday this time. Was my was my birthday on a Monday? Holy shit, it sure was. That's yep. so funny. I was, was born on a Monday. Were you? I was born I on a, I was born on a Monday at three thirty AM. I was rude as fuck. <laughs> I was just in the middle of the afternoon, like two something. See, I think. That's, that's convenient, you know, not too late in the afternoon, not too early in the day, just you know For my a- mother, it was inconvenient. It did not matter. Well, what time. Was. You know, <laughs> some people just can't be satisfied with a timely baby. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Anything? I mean, I know we're we're quarantined, but did you do anything for your birthday? Well, um, I was treated to uh, some steak, which is always well, always a treat. You know, um, that was wonderful. I also <laughs> received um, some Lego. Some little, <laughs> I got some Legos here. You know. Uh, it was the the Mickey Mouse Steamboat Willie set, which is I saw that. It looks so cool. It is. I can't wait to put it together. It's it's a little difficult to find, so I was very surprised to get that. You know, but uh, it seems like it'd be a nice challenge too because it's black and white. Yeah, that's what's gonna be fun about it. It's like seven hundred some odd pieces and black and white. Cool. So it, it it's like when people put together those huge jigsaw puzzles that are like the entire mm-hmm. color spectrum. I love that. What is the uh yeah, I know I love those too. What is the average like Lego set piece amount that you do? Average, I think um probably yeah, probably around that 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 level Cuz I like you say 700, but I'm like I don't I don't remember like what yeah. what like is that a big set? Is that mid-size? What is that? Yeah, that's that's a that's a mid-size set really. I mean they okay. they yeah. the Avengers stuff that I was putting together um, like 700 pieces would be about the size of the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy ship that I did, the Milano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about that size. But you where know. do you put them once you're done? Because you depends. have a lot of sets. Yeah, and that's actually <laughs> that's actually one reason why I haven't really put them all together. It's because mm-hmm. finding places to put them, like um, BB-8 sitting on the shelf. I put the Christmas ones away because I just felt weird after Christmas, you know. Yeah. Um. The other ones, what I'm going to start doing is once I put them together and, you know, display them for however long I want, I'm going to start taking them apart and putting them in those big Ziploc freezer bags mm-hmm. with the instructions. I'm going to throw the boxes away, mm-hmm. just put them in those Ziploc bags with the instructions, and then just file them away. And if I want to give them away, I can do that. And whatever kid gets the sets can just mix them up however they want. I'm mm-hmm. not going to think about it. I'm going to just let them be free in the world and benefit someone else. <laughs> I um I gave all of my Star Wars toys to my mostly my nephew, but my niece is a nephew. Um and it, because at the time I was like I'm never going to have kids. So mm-hmm. I was like I'm done with these, whatever. Uh I was dealing with stuff. So <laughs> so I was like okay, I'm done. Yeah. Uh and I gave all of them to the and like my brother was like, they're going to be ruined. Like they're going to, and I'm like, it, dude, they're, I'm done. Like they're gone. <laughs> and I, I don't regret it. Like, even though I do want kids now, like, even though that was a, a phase of my life where I was like very angry and dealing with stuff and being unfortunately influenced by a negative person who's no longer in my life. Yeah. 
that, you know, a uh, former friend that was very like anti children that was influencing me in that way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was very much like, I don't want kids. So fuck this. I'm getting rid of them. And so I understand that feeling where you're like, oh, God, I have to let it go because like they're going to mess up the toy. Right. Like, right. Oh no! <laughs> Not that they were like in pristine shape or anything, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you want to you want to keep it for just nostalgia reasons, of course. And I care more about like my stuffed animals. Like I still have I still have my baby blanket. I still have my Winnie the Pooh um, that I got when I was super little. I have my first teddy bear. Ah. So like, and then I also have like the first like stuffed animal that I had an anxiety attack with. It's like helping me. Yeah. Uh, his name's tornado. <laughs> He's a little penguin. He's a TY penguin. Oh. And it was a, like a tornado, like warning or whatever. And I was, I was, it developed my fear of storms, but so I have those things. Like, those are the things that I want to give to my kids. So I'm not like super worried about, you know, and I've got like a Winnie the Pooh book from when I was really like tiny you know, getting that like I'm not I'm not like, oh, God, I got rid of those action figures. But I know that exact feeling where you're like, I just have to let it go. Yeah. And like when I was playing with them, when I visited them after giving them those toys and like just seeing the the destruction <laughs> of it, and everything like that. And then like but also showing them how they worked and like, you know, my nephew was like, oh, my gosh, I never noticed that. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, it was cool. I don't did, regret it. Did you see Toy Story 3 and 4? 3, yes. I haven't seen 4 yet because I know it's going to make me cry. Yeah, a little bit. Like 3 Is it on Disney Plus? It is on Disney Plus. Okay. Uh 3 kind of got me a little bit I watched more. 3. Yeah. 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 Got me. That one got me. And of course, I'm thinking of that scene with Andy. Spoilers if you haven't seen Toy Story 3. If you haven't, why haven't you? It's Toy Story 3. But Yeah. Uh, there's the scene in the movie where Andy um, bequeaths his yeah. toys to uh, Bonnie. Bonnie, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think... that that melted my heart in a big way. I yeah, think... that that messed me up. There was a scene right before that that like just broke the ground, and then after that, it was like, oh, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just messed up after this. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool, cool. Yeah. Never. Yeah. So I just imagine. Andy going back to visit Bonnie and being like, what did you do to these toys? <laughs> Mr. Oh. Potato, his eye is missing. Andy, uh, <laughs> Woody's hat is gone. One of Buzz's wings snapped off. Holy shit. What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like by the time I have kids, my nieces and nephew will be older. Cause my brother is like almost 10 years older than me. So like, my oldest niece is 10. Mm. So like they'll be older and they'll probably want to like give toys to the kids and stuff like that. There will be things that get passed down and then they'll get their all, all new stuff and it'll be the future. They'll have, I don't know, holograms and shit. I don't know. <laughs> right, there's just something I've great. I'm having kids for a while, guys. I don't want to <laughs> biologically have kids, so I don't have that clock. Going. Holograms. Um, like, that's if always... I have kids 10 years from now, I'll be fine. That'd be cool. Cool. You'll be old. Indeed. <laughs> and I'll be your age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all right. It's the circle of life. Um, Wait, how old are you again? I am 39 now. Holy shit. Yep, okay. 39. Yeah. 
I'm in there. Oh, something else cool happened on my birthday. Uh, my pal Archie, he <laughs> he sent over some stuff, uh, you know, just to help me celebrate through uh, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. And it's funny because, you know, delivery people have it really hard right now. But yeah. the delivery people in our neighborhood have always been kind of off. <laughs> like I've, I've yeah. told you before how people have just yeeted gifts and, and packages over the, the security gate to my place and just left without even a ringing of the doorbell. <laughs> so Yeah, you've got some rough uh, <laughs> delivery service in your area. <laughs> I saw a guy who had it worse. Uh, there was, a, there was a, um, I guess, a tweet at some dude out of Tallahassee or something like that. He he tweeted a picture out of the delivery on the roof of his house and a note, one of those sorry we missed you notes on his door saying, sorry, <laughs> I threw a little bit too hard. It's on your roof. You might want to get a broom to get it down. It's like, motherfucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's not that bad. But anyway, he was, like, just very anxious about it getting here. And when it finally did, he, like, called me the moment that it checked off his delivery. He's like, did you get it? Like, yeah, I got it, man. Thanks. So mm-hmm. he just sent over some stuff. And, like, he gave me a birthday card. But he couldn't sign it because it came from Amazon. So it's just mm-hmm. a card. <laughs> it's like a blank card. It's just a blank card. And I'm like, oh okay. Gosh. But it's not just a blank card. It's a set of three blank, simil- uh, same <laughs> cards. Exactly. Archie. <laughs> If you're listening to this, but you can just have Amazon put in a, a typed note. You don't have to put a card set in in there. Oh man, uh, but I just I like I like the effort. So it's like here's a card for you and two more. You can pay it for it. That's a good that's a good way. That's a good way to be, dude. So, My yeah. aunt, a great great aunt. I I never met her. She used to save cards that people would give her, mm. and then she'd reuse them. So she, if you gave her a card that was like Love Matt or whatever, you'd get it the next year and it'd have your name crossed out. <laughs> oh, that's kind of She would write her own name. <laughs> she kinda, did that for years. That's kind of cute, though. I like that. You know, yeah. I like that effort. But, man, you know, sometimes you get a gift bag from somebody around the holidays. It's like, thank you for the gift. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. But mm-hmm. sometimes it'll have somebody else's name on that tag because you forget to take it off or something. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the person loved, you received. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. loved, like, cro- apparently, like, loved crossing out the name and just, like, making it completely obvious that she was just re-gifting you oh, something. That's cool. If that's a bit, yeah. that's great. If it's if it's oh, just... Oh, it was a bit, yeah. <laughs> that's almost more care. But in a way that she, they kind of were like, was it a bit? <laughs> it was a little <laughs> bit like that. Uh, they tend to bring her up when they discuss me because I do weird shit, too. <laughs> All right. We got a lot on the docket this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, we do. You want to talk about something things. sweet or something sour first? What do, you, what do you got? There is so much sour in There's this so list. so much sour. <laughs> this is a sour week, you guys. We've, we've been chock-a-block of sour weeks for quite some time now. Um, uh, let's talk about this this. Let's talk about the Flashpoint rumors, because the, when I added the note, there was one rumor, but now there are two that both sound super cool. Okay. okay. Which is the rumor that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to return as Thomas Wayne to play Flashpoint Batman. Well, now, that's something yeah. people have been asking for for a long time. 
and okay. he wants to do it. He's openly talked about wanting to do this. You know, for so long, Warner Brothers has been adamant against giving us what we want as fans. And I never mm-hmm. understand that. It's so very clear what it is that mm-hmm. the fans want, what they're asking for. But for some reason, it's always like, no, we're going to take it in this direction. We're going to follow yeah. this director's vision. We're going to see where we get with this. And then it's like, yeah, we didn't want that. Sorry. And um, then it's not successful. And they go, or as successful as they thought it would be. And they go, what the fuck? I guess nobody likes also, comic movies. I just... It's also pay- yeah, it's also paid off. Like Aquaman was very successful. I didn't like it, but mm. Wonder Woman was fantastic. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like yeah. they they kind of listened a little bit more with those though. So with Wonder Woman, they must have been listening to the feedback from the debacle of Superman I versus think Batman. Wonder Woman was Patty Jenkins. That's why it worked. So yeah. in the case of like you're talking about creators. Sometimes that is the thing that you have to do, which is just trust the creators. But sometimes you need to pick the right creator <laughs> too, for the right yeah. project. That, yeah. That's a big that's a big thing. Um, I know that, and this is nothing against James Gunn or anything, but James Gunn said that they brought him in, and they said, "Here, take your pick of what you want to do." Yeah. And now, as a creator, that's a great thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the right fit for him because James Gunn saw Suicide Squad and was like, that's what I want to do. I want to play with these characters because I I have this vision for it and everything. He knows himself. If you get someone that doesn't quite know themselves, and I would argue Zack Schneider being one of those guys, um, not that he can't do Justice League, but that I don't think he can really do Superman. He made a good. I'm not saying he didn't. There, there weren't some good parts of Man of Steel, but I don't think he fundamentally understands Superman. Yeah, he didn't know what he wanted out of Superman or what the character is all about. I, I, I don't agree with think that. Most people understand Superman now. Yeah. And I don't, or, or the people in charge, and I don't understand it at all. Maybe it's because I get the Boy Scout mentality. I get the hope and the light part of Superman that's like the essence of him, they try to make Superman into something he's not. And I've talked about this numerous times that yeah. I'm not going to get into it again. Well, but, I think we, we need to get middle-aged men out of a point of power in these comic companies for years and years. I mean, yeah. I understand that we want to have people <clears throat> with knowledge at the table. We want to have people with encyclopedic knowledge of uh, history like Jeff Johns and Mark Wade. That's fine. But they had their day. And they told their stories. And yeah. we don't need those stories told over and over again. We want something new. We want something for people yeah. now. And to do that, I think we need youth and we need we need women, honestly, at if the table. one story that I wish I could do, whether it be comic book or movie or TV show, whatever, it is Superman. Like, that is the one I would pick. If you If you gave me that chance right now. Yeah. to do anything. I think it's the hardest one, too. But that's what I would choose. I think it doesn't need to be difficult, though. You know? It, it's no, people... that's the, See, that's the thing. To me, it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. I understand this character. I understand how... Like I, under, like, I understand what a good Superman story should feel like. Yeah. And it's very grounded. Um, instead of... 
the I just I'm I'm tired of the dark super, superhero movies too. I'm tired of it too. Um, but then again, I mean, there's there's an exception for everything, like yeah. uh, the the video game series Injustice. I really enjoyed that because it was something different. It was something yeah. that it's like, okay, we need to break some rules to tell a good story here. We can't just appease the people that buy comic books every month and those numbers are <clears> going <throat> up and down or whatever. But, you know, we, yeah. we need to tell a new story. And they're, they're doing that in the comics now, thankfully, with stuff like, um, you know, the, the, the metal stuff, the dark stuff. And they've, they've re-embraced the whole aspect of the multiverse, you know. So they understand that no, I characters. I just thought of this. Yeah. When's the last time a woman wrote Superman? Oh, man, I don't know. Has a woman ever written Superman? There have been some great women that have uh, written Superman over the years. Because uh, I, I, I don't remember... I, I don't remember, when, like, a run of a woman writing Superman. And I, I'm not, like... I, I don't claim to know everything. Like, <laughs> all of... I, I am not an encyclopedia of comic book knowledge or anything like that. Yeah, no, Barbara Kessel... Um, she wrote a lot of Superman stuff in the '90s. Uh, she was actually one of the one of the writers during um, the uh, the death okay, of Superman so stuff. Dorothy Woolfolk uh, was responsible for the use of kryptonite in comics. She worked in, but she worked on Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. Yeah, like there have been a few of those, but yeah, there's there's a there's a few women sprinkled Gail throughout. Simone. Yeah. 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 And and she's obviously one of the greats. Um But yeah, it's just it's interesting when you when you bring that up where I'm like, hmm. Well you I, know I they're, never they're, that way. they're also used to not be as so big of a focus. Because I need to be writing Superman, clearly. Yes, absolutely. Obviously. Um yeah. they're, they're just give used me a to... <laughs> <laughs> Like just over the years, you notice like there's there hasn't there wasn't always a, as big a focus on the creators of the books rather than the characters themselves. Yeah. So like right. when in the '90s during the heyday during the the, the Seinfeld era uh, mm-hmm. of the, the mullet Superman, he mm-hmm. was there were four Superman books coming out every month. There was yeah. Man of Steel, there was Superman, there was Adventures of Superman, there was Action Comics, and there were so many stories interlaced that they had to number the reading order in like a little Superman shield in the top right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. So it was super confusing. No pun intended, but I kind of wish I did. Pun intended. Oh. Okay. All right. I'm claiming it. So, okay. <laughs> so the creative team, it changed all the time. And I want right. to say it wasn't until like a Dan Jurgens who came along because he was being interviewed because of the death of Superman that it mm-hmm. really just kind of stuck. Like, oh, this is the Superman guy right now. You know? Yeah. Of course, Marvel had Stan and Jack, and yeah. it seemed like they were like, you know, the gods over there. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's Stan Lee, and then there's all these other guys that he gives shouts out to every now and then in the credits. Mm-hmm. But Stan Lee is responsible for all this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, over at DC, to me, anyway, I wasn't really paying as much attention to the creators on the book as I was the characters. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think that they've always had those iconic characters at DC, though. They did have that advantage. Marvel had to work a little differently. I mean, now, obviously, we know all of these characters because they've been in the movies and they're they're bigger now. But 
I mean, were a lot of people into Iron Man before the movies? You know? No. <laughs> it wasn't no. in how he wasn't a household name. No, no, not really. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't even make an argument for that. It was like, sure. I mean, okay, they had Spider Man. They definitely um, had Spider Man. They had Captain America. You know, those are like, yeah, but Captain America wasn't. I don't remember Captain America being that big of a deal before the movies. Hmm. As big of a deal as he is now. Well, I mean, during like World War Two and stuff like that. You know, the propaganda years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah X Men were huge. Oh, of obviously, course, yeah. Because yeah. of the cartoon and just in the eighties, that was it. The arcade mm-hmm. game in the nineties, the cartoon. Um, yeah, it yeah. was mostly X Men and Spider Man. X Men and Spider Man were it. Yeah. yeah, Marvel was all X Men and Spider Man books for a minute. There was like. Yeah. There were so many X books coming out every month. There were so many Spider-Man books mm-hmm. coming out. And then there was like a Captain America and right. maybe an Avengers because that wasn't even an ongoing series all the time. Right. I, I just remember that that shift starting to happen because that's when I came into comics was when they were starting these movies. And it was like, oh, OK, like these are things. <laughs> But to reel it all the way back in with the news that we've been talking about mm-hmm. uh, for the, um, the the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, the yeah. the second piece of news. Yeah. Um, was that is that Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman? Well, he's he's point. he's thinking about coming. They're they're discussing ah, yeah. the possibility. No, these are not confirmed. No. These are rumors. Both both of them. The Jeffrey Dean Morgan and the Michael Keaton part are rumors. But they're very exciting rumors. And now I remember how we went yeah. on that tangent because I started talking about how exciting it is to finally get some news that appeals to the fanboy in mm-hmm. all of us, you know? Oh man, uh, a Michael Keaton Batman Beyond? Oh, come on. Even if he just stops by to say hi. Even if it's just a scene as long as um Ezra Miller's scene on on the Crisis crossover. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Just make it happen. Yeah. Open that door. Yeah. <laughs> I am conflicted about him still being the Flash, though. Yeah, a little In bit. Flashpoint. He's not. Yeah. A, he's not a good human. No. He's not a good person no, at all. He's not. No. We have we have actual video of him, you know, assaulting a woman, hitting a woman. So yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I was shocked that he was not recast after that came out, but it just blew over. I'm honestly shocked that they're even still talking about this movie. It's been in production yeah, hell for so long. Dead. Yeah, and every time you think it's dead, it's like, oh, there's progress being made on the Flash movie. I don't even know if it has a director at this point or a script. No, because he's been fighting with directors for a really long time. Yeah, because he's just a they punchy motherfucker. You know. It's, uh... Yeah, I have a feeling if I met him, I would not like him. He comes across as that kind of dude. Well, that's going to suck for him when he has to go on the convention circuit later on down the line. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you kind of you don't want to pull a Shatner and just be an asshole to everybody forever. I mean, Shatner does, and people still pay him. I don't know why. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But, you know, I don't either. And there's a difference between like, you know, defending yourself and or having issues or boundaries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like some people can come across like Stephen Amell can come across as an asshole, I think. But yeah. I do not think Stephen Amell is an asshole. I think that he's just strong, like in his his like, this is what we need to do. This is how we should do it. Like, you know, that kind of person. Um. 
but like yeah there are straight up at like William Shatner who's just like no <laughs> that's a, that's a different ball game like, yeah no I thought Stephen Amell was a jerk until I started watching some of his like uh, Instagram live videos and, mm-hmm. and all his film philanthropic, uh, philanthropic work yes. as well. Um, oh man, what was that crafty word that he used to have? Put it on T-shirts all the time. Do you uh, know what I'm talking about? Yes. It was like simplicity or something like that. No, uh, it was. It was two words combined. Right. Fuck. <laughs> This is going to bug me now. So I'll keep telling you what I was going to say while you're yeah. looking that up. All right. So I'm not looking it up. I'm, I'm searching my brain. <laughs> I don't even know where to start looking it up. Right. Um, yeah. But he, he comes off as kind of like a jerky guy. If you don't know yeah. him behind the scenes. And I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I know him better than anybody. But no, it's like you hear how passionate he is about his craft about yeah. what he's doing, about his co-workers, about the production team. Listen to him on podcasts. Yeah. That's how you will know you like how you feel about Stephen Amell, because the, he does shine. I think we've mentioned this fairly recently, but listen to him on the uh, his most recent interview mm-hmm. on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Mm-hmm. That's You're going to get a real glimpse into the type of person he is. And yeah, at Sing the beginning... Seriously. Yes! Did you I remember? No, oh, I had to look it up. Uh, I went on Wikipedia. Okay. But I, 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 I knew, could not. <laughs> I knew it was far reaching, but one of, one of my coworkers had on one of those t-shirts at one point, and he doesn't even watch Arrow. He's just like a fan of what Stephen Amell's doing. Like, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, just listen to that episode of, of um, Inside of You mm-hmm. uh, with Michael Rosenbaum that he's on. Like, he comes off as a dick. In that first 20 minutes, but then it, he opens up and he's like, I'm having a panic attack right now. And this is why he's I'm like, I, he literally says, I have to leave and yeah. walk home. He walked home. Right. Right. He was just he having like, a panic attack. lift or whatever. Where, and, and Rosenbaum is like, I, you know, I, I feel bad. I want, I want to drop. Can we drive you? Can we do something to help you? And he's like, no, I, I need to walk. I need to walk home. You know, he's having he was having like a full breakdown because yeah. of the emotions over Arrow ending. Right. right, right. It was really powerful. It's just uh, incredible to hear somebody like just go through that, you know. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. So we heard that. And then in the second half of the episode, he comes back, you know, to make up for cutting the, the last one short. And they dig into that a little bit. And I think it's just mm-hmm. one of the most honest hours of any podcast I've ever heard. So I, I really think that people should really give that a listen. Mm-hmm. If you're at all interested in the type of person Stephen Amell is. Um, but here we are getting away from the whole story again. There was this something else. This is just else. the tangent episode. That's it just really how is. These happen every once in a while. It's it's a branching storyline episode. My so brain at, is, is totally fucking broken right now. So I wouldn't expect it to go any other way. And that's all right. It's a choose yeah. your own adventure. If you fast forward or rewind any direction, yeah. you could end up in any number of places. But they're yeah. all just fucking entertaining. So enjoy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, I want to. I want to talk about Joel Schumacher for a second, since we're talking oh, yeah. about Batman. Um, mm-hmm. Joel Schumacher passed away uh, a couple days ago. He was 80 years old, and I guess yeah. uh, not. I guess, but from what I read, he was battling cancer for the past year. So, uh, you know, just want to give love and respect to his family uh, yeah. that are mourning Definitely. him right now. He had a, an amazing career. 
he had a very uh, polarizing uh, effect on the Batman mythos. Um, I don't know. Did did you enjoy his Batman films at all? Yeah, but I was a kid when they came out. Okay, okay. So it was it was like you know they were just fun movies to me. Yeah, like hey, we're at the movies. This yeah. is great. Yeah, <laughs> and they had like the McDonald's cups and and you know shit like oh. that. Like oh, this is fun. Oh yeah, yeah. You were and I in. was like, Robin is cool as shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Good now old... I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. I'm a grown man. I'm gonna adopt another grown man. He's gonna yeah. be my yeah. fucking ward. <laughs> yeah. And then Alicia Silverstone. Sure. Goes in, you're like, oh shit. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've got you. You've got me. Who's got you? Mm-hmm. I saw that ad so many times. Oh my goodness. So those movies were for somebody. Um, they weren't necessarily for me. Uh, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go back and say, and you know, I've gone on record to say this on our, on our, um, Patreon episode too. Those soundtracks fucking slapped. They were the yeah. best yeah. soundtracks. They knew what they were doing. I think that Batman Forever probably holds up better. I think so. Which one? Because it was Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin? Yeah, I always thought that was an odd naming choice because Robin is introduced in the third film. Yeah. And it's Batman Forever. But then the next one is Batman and Robin. Like, just so so you know. Batman and Robin is rough. But Batman Forever is pretty good. It's pretty good. Val Kilmer was a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Um, they had Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> the Batmobile design, I thought that was pretty slick in there. Mm-hmm. There was another thing I really enjoyed about, oh, 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 Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was great in this yeah. movie. I yeah. mean, his, he gave the Riddler an arc, and that's something that you never really saw until that point. The Riddler was just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guy Riddler. who, the Riddler, yeah. But they gave him like a, a sympathetic arc. What they didn't do any service for, uh, was, um, Two Face. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't feel like that's Tommy Lee Jones's fault. I don't feel like it's Joel Schumacher's fault in retrospect. I feel like the studio gave them a note that said, hey, you know, the first Batman was really good, but we messed up and we let Tim Burton kill off Joker. We need mm-hmm. another Joker type of character. Can you mm-hmm. do it? And he's like, sure, we'll make uh, Two-Face uh, just maniacal. Joker again. Just Joker 2 or yeah. Joker half. They could have just had Joker come back. He didn't yeah. actually die. Boom. Like, yeah, and all those in all those interviews that Joel Schumacher gave, he's like, you know, we're not going to be as serious this time around. We're going to yeah. put the comic back in comic book. Well, Resurrections—that's how you do it in comic books. Yeah. yeah. Even you know, Bucky used to be the the shining example of a character never returning, and you see how that ended up. He he was such a an interesting choice. Joel Schumacher was such an interesting choice for Batman yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, like when you look at his his films, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but no. you know, they took a risk. But they took a risk the first time around too by getting you know the horror guy and Mister Mom yeah. to be. I mean that makes sense to me though, like because Batman being a horror film. Yeah. You know, but you, you get the guy who made St. Saint, Saint Elmo's Fire, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, bud, make Batman. This is what you're doing today, Batman. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Huge budget. Make it happen. Remember that scene with Demi Moore 
where she's like with the flowing ro- like, <laughs> like curtains and having a complete psychotic breakdown. You know what, buddy? We think you deserve the Batman. <laughs> like, like, wait, what? <laughs> Rob Lowe's playing saxophone in this scene, and it's weirdly erotic. Oh, Get, man. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? Give this guy Batman. Cool. Hey, you want you want a sexy Batman? Come on down. Joe Schumacher, yeah. let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, there were some choices made in those. But mm-hmm. if we're talking about his, his career as a whole, he did some amazing things. He wrote yeah. two of the most... Uh, he wrote two very important films in the black community that I don't think he ever really got full credit for. One of them being Car Wash and the other one being The Wiz. He wrote Car Wash? He wrote Car Wash. I did not know that. That's surprising. I didn't know that until I started reading up on him on the on the Wikipedia until, you know, when, when he passed when he passed away. But yeah, like, that's what he was doing before St. Elmo's Fire and The Lost Boys. He was writing... Just black cinema. Hmm. That's cool. Did not know that. Yeah. He also wrote yeah. Sparkle. Hmm. Which doesn't I don't get a know lot what of that love. Is. It's um it's a it's a movie that's uh, inspired by the history of the Supremes. Period oh, piece. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah, see yeah. but like I know what you're talking about. But he's done a he's done a lot of stuff that did very well. Of course, San Elmo's Fire, like you mentioned, Lost Boys he directed, uh Flatliners. Uh-huh. <laughs> D is trying to not yell at Bimo by whispering very loudly at him. <laughs> uh, Joel Schumacher also claimed to have yes. sex with over 20,000 men. Man. He was a busy man. Yeah. So that is clearly his crowning achievement. Hey, you know, if you, if you got it, get it consensually. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Do you, mm. boo? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why he took such long breaks in between his films. He was just out, you know, catting around, carousing, doing his thing. I don't believe him for a fucking second. He no twenty. Th- no, no. Yeah. I don't believe you, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> He's but no Will Chamberlain. Now, so it doesn't matter. That's right. He ain't no Will Chamberlain. Come on, man. I don't believe him either. What? I remember his claims. I don't believe him. You're fucking lying. He invented the term baller. He was doing it back then. Come on, I'm that mustache. I'm not saying he wasn't doing it. I'm <laughs> saying they're fucking lying about the number. <laughs> they, it's a couple hundred. It's not thousands. Right. They're lying. I mean, maybe Hugh Hefner was telling the truth, but he was just a scumbag anyway. So, weird. Yeah, I, if you said Hugh Hefner broke a thousand, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That tracks. If you said like Will Chamberlain broke a thousand, then okay, uh, okay, but I'm like, fuck off, no, I, I don't believe you. I've never <laughs> believed those. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. When do you have time to play basketball? Number one, when do you have time to do your full time job? Number two, when do you have time to do anything? That's no. too many people. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. I, 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 you know, I guess it, it's also like mathematically, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You've never, <laughs> ever had sex with the same person more than once. Never, first of all. I, <laughs> I, I just, it just, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine. I, I can't even think of it. It's like, 
that oh. level of loneliness to never be loving with someone more than one time. I can't. I can't imagine that. I. I. Can, I, I mean, I can't. We're not getting into this. I, I'm just not <laughs> the kind of person anyway. So, right. to me, it's like I don't know. It's not our. It's not our love language. We don't. I don't know. It's <laughs> not our thing. Okay. No, 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 definitely not. But even then, like, even in that situation where you imagine it, I'm like, I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> That's like Barney Stinson levels right there. You gotta. <laughs> even on that show, I think it was like. He, it wasn't like 500 or something like that. Like so, even they were like, like he's gonna strike out all the time. He's not right. gonna whatever. They had to acknowledge the fact he has a full time job. He's dedicated to that job. Yeah. Will Chamberlain was one of the best basketball players in the world at one point. There's no yeah, way. Bitch, aren't you tired after playing Thank basketball? You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and oh, then God. you know, then comes the 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 quantity over quality thing you know it's like nah man he's 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 giving out old country buffet experiences oh my god Ugh. oh no Ugh. yeah yeah Mm-mm. nope Do every girl gets 20 seconds oh man see yeah no nobody nobody goes home satisfied from old country buffet Those. no Golden Corral, even worse. Even worse. This show brought to you by Golden Corral. Come on down and get your <laughs> one for five dollars. Will shrimp. buffets ever recover from this? I <laughs> hope not, because it's I, always I'm, I'm been gross. You. It's yeah. always been nasty, and we've never really accepted that fact until just having to face down. No, unless the you're like high and at a Chinese food buffet. Like it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Even if you're high, I would say go to like Waffle House before going to Golden Corral. You can do better than Golden that Corral. That is truly two awful options. Yes. Oh, no. God. Go to just go to a diner. Don't even fuck around with any of those places. Go to just like some diner and just let them make your food for you and bring it to you. You don't have to do yeah. anything. You don't have to try to walk. You don't have to sneeze on. Oh God. Ah, uh-huh. okay. We're moving on. Because Honestly, even... just go get Thai food. It's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> if you're partaking, that's that's the combo right there. You got to know certain things about yourself before you start knowing your limitations when you're inebriated. Like, can I make a pizza without burning down my home? Can I microwave something without maybe typing in one number too many and putting in some popcorn for an hour. I 100% need a fucking adult when, I, <laughs> when I've been in situations because it is a combination of I am not functional and then I'm having panic attacks mm. forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. always good to, for me, it works well to prepare beforehand. You have snacks on site. Your bed is made. You're near your bed. Uh, <laughs> if you're out, you have a guaranteed method of transportation home that doesn't involve you being behind a wheel. Right, right. You know, um, you only have as much money on you as you need for the <laughs> evening. <laughs> I spent like $50 on candy 
See, one time. Yeah. I, it was so fucking stupid. Mm. Oh, my God. <sighs> I don't get high anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, yeah, okay. So Sometimes in quarantine, I've been bored, and I'm like, I kind of wish I was, but no, for the most part. I haven't been fun at all during quarantine, at least, no. you know. Outside no. of the first three weeks, because I have I was done sick. so much sad drinking. Thankfully, I've stopped in the past like month and a half. Mm. But yeah, I was drinking way too much. Quarantine <laughs> breakup was not kind to me. No, I've no, never no, no. had so much alcohol in my fucking life. Man, oh my. <laughs> I think a lot of people are with you on that. Because yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, wine sales. I read somewhere wine sales are, are like at an all time high right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Drizzly's doing big business. One one night I woke up and I had gotten into the, the red wine that you sent me. Mm. And I don't like red wine. <laughs> <laughs> so one of those bottles is still sealed. Ah. Uh, and I had gotten into that and I had just like beer cans. And like I think I ki- like I had killed the rest of a bottle of like rum or something like that. And I was mm. like... I'm fucking dying right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is bad. This is very bad. I've been in a rough place, guys. No lie. Eh, things are improving slightly, but quarantine doesn't help, and Florida is spiking fucking crazy right now. Uh, so I have a feeling we're going to be in quarantine even longer. Let's talk about. Sweet. Let's talk about Florida for a minute. I'm curious yeah. about yeah. why the hell there was like a record spike. Was it five thousand or uh, something like 5, that? Five thousand five hundred, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dang. that is amazing. Why are you are you asking why? I mean, yeah, let's make it plain. Why? This is a red state. <laughs> um, End of this list. Is, this is a red. This is a red state <laughs> where people believe that their right to be a dick is more important than anything else. They will not wear masks. They will not adhere. Um. They don't care about other people. Too many people don't care about other people. That is the story of America right now. Mm. Um, We don't give a shit about our neighbor. So this idea of united, we stand, all this is is fucking bullshit. Because when we need it right now, they're not stepping up. And that's what's happening in Florida. That's what's happening in Arizona. That's what's happening in Texas. And it's not just red states either. There are spikes in California. And they have everyone needs to wear a mask mandate Mm -hmm. so what's happening like i I don't and i also think that even under the best circumstances like california did a really good job and now they're reopening they're having issues but like florida did a bad job from the beginning and they have problems so i don't know how i don't know how you navigate this like i know that they say shut things down but we're seeing like georgia reopened and they didn't have spikes the way that we have them so I don't I don't think we know I don't think we have any fucking clue how this disease works other than we know masks should hopefully help. I mean they've even shown the news every morning too just like hey here's a sneeze with a mask. Not you. Yeah. And it goes just like nowhere. Here's a sneeze without a mask. Not you. And it goes down around the block and through a gate and over the hills and through the woods and infects somebody a mile away. Yeah, I'm exaggerating, of course, in case that, that needs to be clarified. But yes, yeah. it's uh, it's ridiculous. 
really I think is. that's a big thing when we're going to look back on this and we're going to go, we didn't squash the disease when we went into quarantine. We bought time to figure out how to treat people from hospitalizations. Yeah. And we bought a little extra time for this vaccine, the vaccine, numerous vaccines being developed. But I don't know how we don't have continual outbreaks like we we are having now. I, don't, I really I, wish. I just don't know. Like they're, they're saying that like, oh, Europe doesn't have it and everything. They're going to I have a feeling as soon as they start to do what we're doing, they're going to have them, too. Right. I saw something today about um, a travel ban from. Right the u.s to the uk is and that... i don't blame them no no i mean honestly you're, you're keeping out the infection yeah the infected um <laughs> i'm just i'm curious like okay what <laughs> what would have happened if we had adults at the table to actually discuss realistically what was going to happen the possibility of how things were going to change the possibility of people uh not Going with the flow, that sort of thing, instead of making that, it political, really. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. It's like, I think that we would have had a lot of problems. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea of everything would have been okay if we had. No, no, no. Right. It's like I don't, I don't, I also don't, <clears throat> I don't like the idea of we need to reopen everything or we need to keep everything closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, both of these are not realistic. Do you not understand that on either side of the aisle? Like we're literally losing businesses and livelihoods. So you're you're asking someone to choose their death, slow economic death or painful covid death. Like that that is a terrible situation to put people in. It really is. Um people are so scared. I don't, I don't like yes, I but I just I don't like the the um, this isn't even real mentality, just like everyone else that fucking pisses me off. I also don't like people on the other side of the aisle on our quote unquote side of the aisle who are acting like we need to stay shut down forever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what the fuck are you talking about? Like, clearly that's not going to happen. Right. And it should have been handled well in the first place. But I like I don't that doesn't seem like a solution either. Like do like mandating masks mandating you know minimizing how many people are in spaces that's stuff we can do that could prevent a lot of this but we have you know so many different types of mentalities of how to run states the united states is huge Mm -hmm. we have so many different people running these like running these countries running different counties (laughs) it feels like that yeah but yeah they all are like like you know california and florida are like two different countries um, I, I, so I, I just, I don't know what I was originally saying, but, oh, uh, people at the table who knew what they were doing. I think that, you know, if we had, like, let's say if Hillary Clinton was president, I think that we would be dealing with a lot of the stuff we are dealing with. We would have had quarantine. We would have, like, I, I, I'm not delusional enough to think that wouldn't happen, but I think we would have gotten more economic stimulus to help us out. Yeah. I think that um, Medicare, M- Medicaid, like health insurance would have been reopened um, in a lot of areas to, to help us get on health insurance if you've lost your health insurance or don't have health insurance. Sure. Um, and I think that 
the there would just be an encouragement within our culture and less of a culture war over like wearing masks and gathering. Um, it, it seems like it's like you're, you know, it's like you're trying to take our guns, that same mentality. And I don't <laughs> understand it. You're trying to take our lungs. Is that basically what it is? So I, I totally agree with you on, on just about everything you've been saying. It also occurs to me that if we had been on the same page and I'm not saying it's completely to blame for mm-hmm. what's going on right now in our world, but the unemployment rates resulting from the lack of uh, financial aid, um, mm-hmm. which is a result of the lack of just everyone being on the same page or at least mm-hmm. enough people being mature enough to understand that, all right, the American people need help right now, mm-hmm. led to the jobless, led to the unrest, led to the frustration, mm-hmm. which leads to the capability for people who would otherwise be occupied to go out and to protest and to, you know, cause a disturbance in the streets. And I, I, I've been saying since jump, this is why we're seeing as much unrest as we are lately. Um, Mm -hmm. George Floyd definitely was a rallying call to everybody because it's like, you know, we throw this phrase around a lot, but it's like, now I got time because before you know, I was working all day. I yeah. had a lot of things to, to concern me, but I'm home. I don't have a job. Now yeah. I can focus on social issues and what the fuck just happened to this guy. I need to do something about this. And, and not just that. It, you can see everything being cracked open. Yeah. Even before the the George Floyd situation, you had people kind of going why am I working this job doing this thing and not getting paid this amount? And and, like, why is my health insurance tied to my job? And now it's gone in a global pandemic. Yeah. Like you, you can see, um, you know, from the start, I said like this, you like, maybe we've built our world on the house of cards here. Like maybe everything is built on a house of cards. The idea that a business can't survive, being shut down for a little while. Like I'm not talking about small business. I'm talking about like corporations that make billions of dollars um, and are like filing fucking bankruptcy and shit. The idea that wall street can't handle like some shutdown because everything goes haywire. Uh, The idea that individual people, and this has been a problem for years are living paycheck to paycheck and are completely fucked by this system we're seeing all of that now so it's not just like the racial inequality and everything like that it is the and we've been kind of going down this road of like questioning like the me too movement is starting to question um you know how women are being treated in our culture things like that so we have been on the path of questioning things for a while, but now it's kicked into overdrive because like you said, we're at home. What am I going to do? Right. I'm not working. Well, fuck it. Like burn it down. (laughs) You know, and it's not as cut and dry. Everybody's, everybody's realization, everybody's path to getting to their current mindset. Isn't just cut and dry like that. It stems from a place of just a desire to be better as a, as a country, as a people. And realizing that there are some people who have a different idea 
of what better means. And they're not willing to talk about it. They're not willing to sit down and reason with you or, you know, they haven't been willing to sit down and reason with you for, for decades. And now it's like, okay, what else can we do? You know, it it used to be, uh, you know, I think, I think it started on um, the daily show with uh, Trevor Noah, how he was like, you know, throwing out there, you know, uh, we kneel, y'all get mad. We peacefully protest, y'all get mad. Mm-hmm. We march, y'all get mad. And then it's like, well, what do you expect us to do now? What do you expect people who are angry, who are just unsatisfied with the status quo? What do you expect us mm-hmm. to do? And yeah, just that, that, that lack of any type of obligation to go clock in somewhere. It's now, w- okay, well, here we are. Yeah, I was listening to um, uh, Behind the Bastards podcast. They're they're talking about the history of policing in this country and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the co-hosts on there, he was talking about how um, black people are like like property or a thing. And that mentality of a thing asking for rights doesn't compute. And and how, like, that's how it was back then, and it's still kind of in our culture. Like, or is very much so in our culture, where it's like, you know, and, and he said it way way better than I, I could, but, like, this idea of why are you asking me for a thing? You're a thing. Like, mm-hmm. and, it, and I was like, shit. Like, listening to that, I was like, oh, my God. How accurate is that? Like, you know, how many people are thinking that but not like not aware that they're thinking that? Like, how many people are going, you know, we gave you this thing. That's it. Go away. Be done. Right. Like, this is generous enough. And now you want more? You want equal something? Yeah, you can vote. Like, kind of. Yeah. You can, you know, you're free, kind of. We still have prisons we still have uh voting rights violations we still have you know um all of these things that put you know this cycle of keeping black people down but we'll give you a little bit and you should be grateful and not ask for any more and that mentality hasn't gone away even when it comes to immigrants um you know folks who clean houses for a living that sort of thing it's like oh Mm -hmm. i paid you this I don't know your last name. I don't know anything about you or your family, kids, mm-hmm. nothing like that. All I know is you come and you clean my house every week or so and I pay you to leave. Yeah. And that's it. And that's fucked up because this is a human being and you're treating them like an appliance. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like that was, that might have been the word that he used in there as well. He might have said appliance. Um, but it was, it was very much like a, a, an object, like yeah. not a person. And when you start to dehumanize people, we, you know, we obviously know this from history and everything, uh, very, very bad things happen. And that's why so many bad things have happened and continue to happen to this day, because there's there's a lack of humanity involved with this. That's, you know, that's why George Floyd was murdered the way that he was. It, it's just that, like to me, there's no. I mean, I I could be wrong here, but like, what other explanation could there be as to a cold-blooded murder like that, other than you are both a sociopath, but and or you don't view them as a person, like you do not view 
this black man as a human being? Like what other, you know, and, and did that come from police? Did that come from our culture? Did that come from everything kind of mixed? I don't know. Like, you know, I don't It might be different for each person, but it's systemic. Yeah. Um, and people <clears throat> like myself who are white just don't want to hear it. They don't want to open themselves up to it. And I'm like, it doesn't cost you anything. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. In fact, it enriches your life so much to fight I for mean, the rights of others. It might cost you the comfort of what you thought was reality, which I understand that's scary. But when you break past that and see actual reality, the reality of others, all it does is make you more empathetic. You can learn and, so much from other people, you know, just yeah. in general. But people from other cultures, especially, you can learn so much about life. There's a whole world out there that you don't know anything about. And you're just closing your, your mind off to it because it's what you're not used to. And that's fair. Like you said, people like their comfort. They, they just gravitate towards that naturally. But you can there's still also, have comfort, though. You can. Like, but there's something you know, to be said stepping out of that zone. I mean, yeah. exercise. It's good for yeah. you because you're... Stepping out of that comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an exercise in compassion, basically. You're doing this for yeah. the betterment of yourself. You're doing it for the betterment of, of humankind. You know, I, it, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Lucy today a little bit mm -hmm. just about how frustrated I am about the fact that, like, I want to do something. Like, there's, there's mm -hmm. so much going on. There's so many opportunities and I still feel like, I'm still not doing enough. And I'm sure a lot of other, other folks feel that way too. Mm -hmm. But talking about it is doing something too. Yeah. You yeah. know, you may feel like you're sitting on your hands just, you know, um, looking at Facebook conversations and going on Twitter and discussing. I'm not saying getting in like flame wars with people. I'm saying just having these conversations and listening to people's experiences. And, sharing and knowledge. Yeah. Sharing knowledge. And I, I look at things that are going on in Chicago, like, um, you know, the, the and I, I mentioned this on a previous episode, but like the, the, the marches, brown people for black power, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's inspiring because these are communities that historically haven't come together. And that's one of the things that the people in power are scared of is these yeah. underserved communities coming together and working together for a common good. For a common goal. Yeah, because there's more of a more like. Yeah, just when literally. When people work just, together, you're fucked. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the stat thrown out there all the time. It's like, oh, there's more white folks on welfare than black folks, and it's like, okay, that's not a conversation stopper. That's a hey, let's figure out how to fix this for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can all work together if we all just get on the same fucking page. Yeah, uh, I'm just yeah. That's I understand that though, like you're like the exhaustion. That's uh, you know, the feeling like you're not doing enough. That's very real. Um, yeah. I think, I think people that care will always feel that. Um, I think that like someone like yourself who cares so much, like you give everything, and it still will never feel like enough. And I've been in those positions before where I've given everything, and it never feels like enough. Um, whether it be on a, a larger scale or a personal level where, you know, 
I've had to have conversations um, with people where, like my dad, for example, like where I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. This will never, I will never be enough. Um, you know, with whatever endeavor I'm working on, nothing mm-hmm. ever feels good enough. And, and, you know, he's like, I think you, he, like his advice is usually like, you've got to try to push that out of your brain. I understand it's anxiety, but it's not the reality of the situation. Like you right. are doing what you're doing and right. it's fine. Uh, and then one time I like um, reading about anxiety, depression, and I think it was Neil Gaiman. And he said, it's real, but it's not reality. Mm-hmm. That's always stuck with me. I try to I try to apply that to like anxiety, depression, everything like that in the sense of what you feel is real because you are feeling it, but it is not the reality of of everything. That's a good so, way of putting it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're feeling like you're not doing enough, it's OK to feel that because it is what you are feeling. So it inherently matters because it is a feeling like and you're allowed to feel it. You need to allow yourself to feel it, but understand that it's not necessarily the reality of the situation that you're in. Yeah. More likely, you, you are doing far more than you realize. You said something to me last week. I'm not going to go into detail about it because it was a personal thing, but just you being you and living your life inspired somebody in a certain way. Yeah. And that really touched me because it's like, <laughs> you never get to hear that sort of thing. And yeah. I I am inspired by you, but, you know, who the fuck am I? I'm your friend. You know me. Uh, <laughs> but when it's somebody who you're not even expecting um, to be affected by you in, in a specific way to be, uh, you know, um, when you don't ins- when you don't expect to inspire somebody directly and then you find out that something yeah. that you thought was nothing did inspire them in a certain way it it's uplifting yeah it yeah. really is and, and 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 people like you were saying don't know the little things they do that affect people in such a large way i i struggle a lot with the the feeling of what you know how do i articulate it? i've talked about this on the show but like a feeling like or I think I've talked about similar things where you're like, okay, I'm doing the right things, right? Like I'm doing the things that I should be doing or, or trying at least I'm putting in the effort, but I don't understand why things have played out the way that they have. I don't understand why my life is the way that it is. I don't understand why I feel, you know, terrible because X, Y, and Z didn't play out the way that I wanted it to. Yeah. And that and like the advice is always like or or the the readings the the therapy that it's the journey you're on that's leading to this other thing that you know you had to go through this to get to that kind of you know uh, advice or whatever is always the thing but when you're in it you can't see that and I've, I know I've talked about that before where I'm like, you know, I, I understand um, because people enough people have told me everything's going to be OK, that mm-hmm. like more than likely everything is going to be OK. But like, I don't see that right now. 
all I see is the nothing is okay. And then you start to go, well, why is, is nothing okay? And it depends on the type of person that you are. Um, like how you, some people say nothing is okay because the world is terrible. And, you know, everyone's shit, whatever. They blame outside, but some people blame inside. And I'm, I'm one of the blame inside people. I'm one of the, I'm broken. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Um, and I'm better about it than I was when I was younger. But like, if you're raised by someone who's emotionally abusive, um, you, that's just a thing that happens to you because you just, you're taught to believe something is wrong. And I, you know, I've done therapy and everything like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a much better place than I was even just, you know, a couple of years ago, but it's still there. And it's still a thing where you're like, I'm never going to have, like you talked about kids. That's why I went through that. Fi- this is way too intense. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I am because fuck it. Who cares? That's why I went through that mentality of not wanting children. Mm-hmm. There was a time in my life I didn't want to get married, too. Um, I didn't want anything because I did not think that I deserved anything. Oh, man, I've been there. Never. So, you know, like I did, I, I didn't want kids because my mother was terrible and I can't be a mother because I'll be terrible. It's like, that's not true. Like, that's that's not the reality, especially when you are aware of it. Like, that makes a huge difference. Um, I didn't want to get married. Well, I, I was I thought I was straight at the time, so that's different. But you know, I didn't I didn't want to get married because my parents had a terrible divorce, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in my life, family members and whatnot, have gotten divorced and have been bad divorces. Um, but that that doesn't have to be my reality. No, it's, it's a thing that can happen, but that doesn't have to be. So, like for me. There, like, there, like I remember specifically having a conversation with Ryan Guy of Turtle Soup, Turtle Soup. Shout, Shout out to Turtle Soup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where I, I told him, I, and I, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly. It was a one-on-one conversation with him, where I said, some people fall in love or whatever, like have that, but that's never going to happen for me. That's not going to happen for me. I legitimately went long bouts of my life going, that's just never going to happen for me. Hmm. Like that, that's how, how like warped your brain can be. And that's the part where I meant like where I'm talking about it's real, but it's not reality. I felt that, but that is not the reality of my situation. It wasn't then, and it's not now. And you can allow yourself to feel these things and acknowledge that because that allows you to grow past it. Mm-hmm. And it might come back, and that's okay because it's not reality. And that's the part where it's, it, it becomes tricky, and you have to navigate it. You have to talk to people. Um, you might have to go to therapy. You might have to get medicine. Whatever it is, there's no shame in any of it. Not at all. But it's just, it, it's navigating that that line that is well, you know, so difficult. It really is. And, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I was going through some 
rough times myself. Yeah. And I would talk to you about it extensively. And yeah. it's just one of those things, like you said, just being able to vocalize it sometimes is enough to make you feel a little bit better, to make you put it in perspective. Yeah, you know? I, I said something. This I will not share the, the content of what I said um, because it's private. And I, mm-hmm. and I do value privacy with certain things. Um, but I said, I, I said something aloud to my dad recently because I just was at a breaking point kind of thing. Yeah. And I hadn't, I hadn't said that out loud. And it was basically me acknowledging loss, the, the weight of loss and that I, you know, it, and, and I was like, when I when I said it out loud, it was exactly what you're just saying. We we're like, sometimes you just have to say it, because then you're acknowledging that it's real, like, or it's a it's a real feeling. That there's you no have. turning back. Once it's once it's out in the world, there's no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe you can let it go because it's not mm-hmm. in your head anymore, and maybe it'll take longer than that. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how I got on that subject. You know what? Clearly, I'm going through some shit. I don't know how we got down this path either, but it it was supposed to happen. It was meant to happen that way. Yeah. Because these kind of conversations, they help. They help people who are listening, who may be going through something similar, who are looking for some type of inspiration to what their next step should be. But on a more personal level, it helps us. Because we're able to talk yeah. through these things and we're able to um, just kind of review what helped us in times of need so that the yeah. next time we go through, we'll remember. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, guys, <laughs> I went to a therapist and one of the best things that's ever been told to me in therapy was uh, me. I was talking about how messed up I am, talking about a lot of the stuff that I've described now where I feel like I'm this, I'm that and everything. And she's like, you are not as fucked up as you think you are. (laughs) And it was one of the greatest things that was ever said to me because it was, it was, she was like, I wish there were more people like you. And I had never heard an outside third party kind of thing. It wasn't like you said, you know, earlier talking about, well, you're my friend. So of course I look at you that way. You know, that was someone who was really completely unbiased, who was like, you're not that fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> not as bad as you think it is right you know your 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 head is building it up i was like well all right that that made me feel a little bit better i tried to remember that one too in addition to the the it's real but it's not reality uh you're not as fucked up as you think you are there's always <laughs> someone worse off it doesn't negate <laughs> your problems but you're probably better off if you're thinking those things there's probably something good in you that Unfortunately, a consequence of caring and goodness is sometimes we, we're we not as kind. It's weird. It's sometimes we're not as kind to ourselves as we should be. I That's think very true. Give, I think we give it all away. Yeah. Like we give oh. it to everyone else. I, you know, I, I make everyone else feel attractive, so I don't view myself as attractive. But you know I, what? You're right. Like the, yeah. the ability to be self-aware and to take stock in certain things that you'd like to improve about yourself that's yeah. something that is taken for granted. Yeah. It really is because just just having that bit of self-awareness 
that that right there is a skill that a lot of folks don't have. No. A lot of our leaders don't have that skill, and I <laughs> wish they did. Yeah. Fucking horse in a hospital. But yeah, like... There was a horse loose in the hospital, guys. <laughs> I don't know how it got I in think here. everything's eventually going to be okay, but in the meantime, there's a horse <laughs> loose. Oh, God. You know, the scariest thing is when you don't hear from the horse for a little while. Yeah. And then you and then you hear he tweeted again, Oh, I fucking knew you were <laughs> fucking horse. <laughs> oh man. It's it's funny because even that John Mullaney bit mm-hmm. is even as bad as it was then, it's like it's gotten so much worse now since that stand up special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the horses yelling at the uh the rhino over there or whatever. Like yeah. I'll fucking blow you up. Like <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh. So yeah, um, things are bad, but but things are also good in a way. Yeah, and you know, if we're if you're still in quarantine or whatever, like, don't be this way all the time because you need to take care of yourself. But like, the things that I'm talking about, this is the introspective work that I'm like, okay, well, this is this is a time in my life that clearly something. You know, universe, God, whatever your your thing is, like something is is telling me that this is the pain that I have to sit with to be better. Mm. And maybe that's just my way of and that, that doesn't mean like, oh, this is all for a reason. Look, if you don't believe that, that's fine. Like sometimes I hear that. And I'm like, fuck you. That's bullshit. This doesn't this didn't happen for a reason. This happened because something terrible happened. Like, you know. But if sometimes you need that to feel like, okay, like I just saw some a quote earlier that was like, you know, 2020 isn't shit. It's it's um, manure to like grow (laughs) or whatever, something like that, like something grows out of this. And I'm like, yeah, like sometimes you have to view the it's the same thing, but it's you view it differently. Yeah. Whatever you got to do to get through it. But, you know, so, so sometimes I'm like, okay, this is this is the thing like if the world was going on as per usual right now would i be running away from everything probably not completely because i'm i am an introspective person naturally but i would be running away from a lot of it if the world wasn't the way it is now would i be running away from everything um i'd like to think that with proper structure with the routine uh, back in play, that I would be able to work on myself more the way that I'd like to. But of course, you know, this is all speculative because yeah. even though there's the worldwide pandemic going on and, and countless other things that we've talked about at length, um, there's always something new happening. There's always something personal going on. So. Yeah. There's there's always an excuse, and I'm not saying, oh, there's no excuse. You need to get in shape right now. You know, you're sitting on your can and eating those Pringles. Nah, I got oh, it. no, yeah. No, no, it's it's you move at your own pace. You know, early oh my on God, when be this... kind to yourself right now with <clears throat> shit like that too. Absolutely. When this yeah. pandemic started, one of the things that I saw, one of the one of the most encouraging things that I saw, were people were making sure to put the word out there. That, you know, people have all these projects and they have all these goals and these wonderful Mm -hmm. things that they aspire 
to attain during this time in quarantine. But you know what? If you don't do any of that, that's fine. And that still holds true. That still holds true. Even if you're not out there marching. Yeah. You could still be signing petitions, donating, mm-hmm. whatever your ability is. You can still help. You can still yeah. make your voice heard. You can still vote in November. You can mail in your vote. We've got to keep hammering on that because that's fucking important. You need to vote. Yes. Do oh not let this do not let this slip by. Do not miss your shot. By the way, Hamilton's coming on Disney Plus. Oh, uh July third. It's on my calendar. It's next not, next Friday, right? Yeah. My goodness, it sure is. Yeah. It sure it is. is. So that's that's almost like a little sliver of a silver lining right there. There's always something to look forward to in this world. You know, at one point, at one point, um, I was going through some hard times and I would mm-hmm. have to give myself small attainable things <laughs> to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, things that were out of my control that I knew would happen no matter what. It could be anything yeah. from the fact that there's going to be a movie coming out soon that I want to see or a mm-hmm. game that I want to pick up or something to that effect or just, you know, I I want to see the sunrise again. Just yeah. something little like yeah. that. I want to be able to maybe go camping one day, <laughs> you know, something, just little stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that to keep you going. Just keep those goals in sight. Yeah. And they yeah. work. Maybe and, work. And it, yeah, it's it's difficult um, when everything pauses and you feel like you're losing time. Right. But uh, everyone's in that same position right now, pretty much. So, yeah. you know, that that at least helps, you know. Um, it's <laughs> not one... like the world is going on without you. It's, it's right. all paused. <laughs> That's one, that's very true. That's, that's the one tired trope that's been trotted out this entire mm-hmm. time. We're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. And we are. Yeah. We are all in this together. Except because we're, we're all... fucking not because people aren't wearing their masks. Wear a fucking mask and vote. Coming, bringing it back. Wear a fucking mask. Somebody made a good point too. We've come far enough <laughs> in this whole mask requirement thing that there are some really cute and awesome masks out there mm-hmm. that you can make and that you can buy. There's mm-hmm. no reason not to wear a mask or have one handy at all times. Yeah. They're uh, starting to give them away, too, in cities right. and whatnot. Tampa's doing that. So check that out because there are resources. And that is uh, that is one thing that I argued from the start where I'm like, we need to be providing masks for people, too. That's true. Uh, they should not just be for people who can afford it, even if the mask is only 10 bucks. Well, that's right now that's money that you're not if you're not making money fuck like you know ten dollars is a lot even if you are working your normal job like ten dollars could be everything so that's an unfortunate situation so it's like yeah look into free masks in your area or whatever um hopefully they're doing something for you absolutely tampa is Good old Tim. Yeah. Our mayor's been pretty good. Yeah. It. Yeah. That's cool. That's really like good her. to hear. First um, openly uh, lesbian mayor. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Um, we're doing pretty good in Chicago with that, too. I know there have been a lot of 
just there's been a lot of encouragement to get a mask, to come get yeah. a free mask, you know, all that stuff. And Rogers Park specifically, which is my neighborhood, um, you know, there's stuff going on like every weekend where you can come and get food from a food bank. You can get masks, all that stuff. You just need to join. Yeah. Uh, different groups on Facebook. If you're still on Facebook, you can join a group there uh, for your neighborhood and just keep an eye out. Next door, of course, is a thing. Uh, that website, all your neighbors are on there talking about how you don't turn off your porch light at night, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also where you can get masks and stuff. So yeah, there re- there are resources out there for you. Yeah, if you if you get on Facebook, also you can like follow your city. Like they'll that that's how I find out a lot of that stuff. Is I just follow like my county on Facebook, and they'll and they'll make announcements. So yeah, well, that is handy. That is definitely handy. It seems like a weird thing to you know like or follow your your local county or whatever the fuck, but it, it has come in handy quite a bit. Now I I had to do it before because of hurricanes and whatnot preparing for that but you know it helps in this situation too yeah yeah we're just gearing into hurricane season too man it's coming up and then gremlins we're in it now oh Uh, shit (laughs) yeah yeah we have been in hurricane season oh man uh uh, yeah and it's supposed to be a very active one so this year's gonna be fun guys huzzah Hurricane pandemic. <laughs> Just blowing right. pandemic around everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I think we're gonna wrap it up for now. Yeah, I don't, I don't really uh, think it's like a. All right, guys, let's go to the wall of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that type of vibe this week. But not a vibe. I'll tell you what, not a vibe. Um, we have wall of weird next week for you, so tune in for that. We've mm-hmm. got a fun mini episode where we talk about TV and stuff on mm-hmm. our Patreon. If you want to check that out, uh, if you need a little palate cleanser, definitely, you know, what is it, like five bucks to get the episode, you know, yeah. and yep. all the back episodes you can listen to as well. There's oh, my gosh. Yeah, we have so stuff. many. Oh, man. Such stickers. Such, such fun. Stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the fun. All the good stuff. So check out the Patreon. Follow us on the socials, of course. Oh, that's all I got. How about you? You feeling emotionally drained? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go oh, to yeah. bed. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the good thing about podcasting um, from our separate homes is that when we get done, we can basically just roll over and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to, like, I don't have to drive home and shit or whatever. Ugh. Oh, I still got to do that ASMR uh, mini episode for the listeners just so they can have something to fall asleep to. Mm. I'm yeah. never going to listen to it. Nope. You barely listen Not to what fan. we do anyway. <laughs> I just, uh, ASMR stuff. Ugh. Mm, mm, no. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, Not it'll be fan. there for those that want it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I just. By, by popular demand. Black by mm. popular demand. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's that's good to I'm be black it. on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent. <gasps> we said it at the same time. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. Be excellent okay. to each other. Seriously. Wear your masks. What was the other advice? Vote. And call Register. your grandma. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do the other things first, though. Yeah, definitely. You know. Well, grandma <laughs> needs to stay alive, guys. How are you going to do that? 
Wear your oh. mask and vote. There you go. <laughs> You're helping grandma. <laughs> you don't want them cutting her her health insurance and shit? Hell no. No. Nah. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Bye. All right, we out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>